0: You're listening to The Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Hannah Parch. And I'm Katie.
1: Welcome back to the house. Sorry, I almost missed my cue (laughs) because I got distracted by the the board here. The board. uh, it says George Sr., but mm-hmm. I thought it said George Street, which is <laughs> a street near my neighborhood. And oh. you were talking about, you know, some houses that you're looking at mm-hmm. in the area. And I was like, is this a list of, uh, you know, houses that they're going to look at? George Haunted. Street. And- <laughs> no, these are just names. Names. And- already. Um. Well. So, spoilers. Apparently, the name George Sr. is... It's going to come up. I'm giving Katie...
0: this. I know this is, like, the worst way to do, like, a audio podcast, <laughs> but it just... First of all, one of the pictures I have to show you I feel like needs to be bigger, and so I wanted to print it out anyways, and I've I hate when I print them out and then I'm, like, shuffling papers around and, like, handing you stuff, so I was like, well, I'll
1: put it up. I wanted a visual with all the names, and anyways... We need to have it so that I bring my computer, too, and you just, like, dropbox it mm. to me, and I can...
0: Well, one day, we'll have a studio where I can have, like, a projection.
1: Or just on the big monitor.
0: Ah, uh, yes. I mean, we could do that if we figured out We just technology. have to
1: rearrange the studio. But... And
0: learn how to control that computer from over here.
1: I've done it before, remember?
0: we were sit- That's when we were still sitting at the desk, though. Now we've moved to our quiet, comfy chairs.
1: Yeah. So remember, I just, I pulled up the uh, slideshow for you and just told you to hit the spacebar. Yes. Well, oh, I guess th- that, I was like, oh,
0: the keyboard is actually wireless, so that could work. <sighs>
1: Listen, Has it been a week? It's been a week for It's me. been
0: a week for sure. It's been four days since we last recorded. And I'm the one that pushed off recording yesterday. And I literally was finishing this at Sweet Annie's, like right up until they closed. They're very, very nice because they didn't kick me out. And Tony was like, you can stay if you need to. And I was like, I'm not going to be that person. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank you. But I just have to type up notes that I've already written. Um, Funny though, speaking of them, uh they made a podcast joke. We're officially in their like lexicon. Ooh. Uh they were Aaron and Tony were I guess Aaron was like badgering Tony. And uh Tony was like, I'm gonna murder you and then you're gonna be on Hannah's podcast. <laughs> I didn't say technically we only do unsolved murders, but
1: if we'll do it before it's solved. Oh yes. <laughs> and we'll solve it. You're welcome. Detective Tony.
0: It's going to be fun. He'll be our producer one day. And Jarek, I don't know what he'll do. He'll still be part of it, but... Of course he will. (laughs) Okay, well, we don't have any updates, because it's only been four days, and...
1: Nothing has happened except rain,
0: so... Yeah, it's been raining a lot. It's supposed to get cooler, which I'm very excited for.
1: My... Oh, it's only, like, 70 outside right now, so... I my, don't know. I
0: already put on my pajamas, as you can see.
1: My dad texted me a little bit ago and said that Tropical Storm Beta has formed.
0: I'm sorry. Did we circle back around to the bees?
1: Oh, no, no. Because after the, you know, the alphabet. alphabet that we use, um, we go into the Greek alphabet. Oh, no. Wait, what was the last? I thought,
0: what's the one that was hitting the gulf? This what this week? Sally, Sally, I don't and know why I thinking...
1: Sally's what's been raining on us right now. And then there's also Paulette, and I forget what the T was.
0: Did we miss Nana?
1: Because I was really. And what about Keith? Wasn't Keith gonna be one? Or Kyle, I, I, I don't remember because you know a lot of them are you know they become named storms, mm-hmm. but then they dissipate before they make you know before they make it to the Atlantic or the Gulf. All I
0: know is there was a Hurricane Hannah earlier, and I didn't hear enough about it.
1: I think it was, you mean this year or previous season? Yeah, this year. Okay. Because I think that maybe last year or two years, it would have been two years ago if it was... True. And we had a Hana. <laughs> same Hannah. thing. Not Hannah.
0: I'd call it the same thing. Uh, right. Okay. So spooky season is upon us. Yes. Is what we're seeing. <laughs> um, Okay fun thing about this episode it will be the only fun thing i found a way to tie hamilton to this one again (laughs) okay nerd this is the story of the solder children so giorgio sadu was born in tula sardina italy in 1895 he immigrated to the United States when he was 13, started going by George, and eventually started his own trucking company and settled in Fayetteville, West Virginia, with his wife Jenny, who was also an Italian immigrant.
1: Good for you, George. Yeah. It seems like a good life. Good little life. I'm very concerned about what's going to happen to him, though. Well... It's all started out in the <laughs> picturesque. <laughs>
0: Uh, so here's the fun facts. Fayetteville, West Virginia, is like right in the middle of West Virginia, which I, I didn't think that we had to clarify. But on another podcast, they had to clarify for, I guess, international and American listeners uh, that West Virginia is a separate state. It's yes. not the western part of the state of Virginia. Um, it's a beautiful little state. Every time we my, we would drive through it to go up to Indiana, and it was my mom's favorite part because it's so pretty, although it has a lot of bridges that I don't like driving over.
1: I mean, it it's very mountainous and coal region, and yes, it is pretty except for all of the environmental nonsense going on with the coal mining. And, yes. Uh, and then, of course, also just the... People? Uh, <sighs> I wasn't going to say... That. There's hill edu- people there, okay? Education concerns. <laughs> Um. So, still the, not Alabama, though, or Mississippi. So, <laughs>
0: um. Well, as many West Virginia towns are, this is a coal mining town. It was named after Marquis de Lafayette from Hamilton, as I'm sure all Fayetteville's are. Okay, well, this one specifically said that in the Wikipedia page. I didn't look into why. I think he just went through there one time and they are like...
1: Where I'm from is an actual Lafayette.
0: Okay. (laughs) Whatever.
1: Anyway, that was my
0: one fun fact. Also, in the early 20th century, for some reason it had a large Italian population. So that's where we're starting from. Alrighty. All right. George and Jenny Sauter, listeners, get out your note-taking devices, because you might want to write these down. This is why I have a uh, visual for Katie. They had ten children together, nine of whom lived at home with them. So, their names are... I'm sure all of them
1: lived at home with them at least one point in their life.
0: Well, at the point in our story, all of them, except for Joe, who was away at war. Uh, And this is 1945, so it would be World War II correct yes so <laughs> their kids in order from oldest to youngest john was 23 joe who was away at war was 21 marion which i also saw as mary ann so i'm not sure what her name is she was 19 george jr was 16 maurice was 14 martha was 12 lewis was 9 jenny was 8 betty was 5 and sylvia was 2
1: If it's George Jr., why isn't it Jenny Jr.?
0: You know, I added the Jr. to differentiate. I don't know. Do girls get juniors?
1: I mean, not really. Okay.
0: So, little Jenny is what we'll call her. I guess so. I have a friend named Teal, and her mom is also named Teal. Oh, you know Teal. (laughs) Uh, But when people at work would come in and they knew her, they'd call her mom Big Teal, (laughs) and she's Little Teal. (laughs) Which is why I will not name my daughter Hannah, because I don't want to be known as Big Hannah. Yeah. Not endearing.
1: Nope. And I've already told you that um, we're naming all of our kids after Grateful Dead songs. Oh, perfect. I mean, that's kind of one of the only ways I could get Sheldon to agree to the whole, like, we'll have a family one Kid, day yeah. thing. Uh. No, it's not. He, <laughs> uh, I picked out a name. It's a Grateful Dead song. Oh. just happens to be. And he's like... Yes, that's brilliant. Let's do this. So um, if we have a boy, uh, his name will be Tennessee Jid. <gasps> Stop it. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you have a girl. Like, the more I say it, the, uh, <laughs> like, the more likely it might actually happen.
0: <laughs> Which what is are why you I'm
1: only ca- having a girl. I'm never having a boy.
0: Would you call him Tennessee? Would you shorten it? Probably call him Jid. Okay. Um. Great. I just picked out family names for our future kids and didn't ask Derek's opinion. <laughs> um, okay, so this is just here for reference because mm-hmm. there's a lot of kids to keep up with. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay, and also I I I I like but also don't like that they're color coded. Yeah. because mm-hmm. uh, that probably means something bad. Color coding is the names that are different colors.
0: Uh, you would be correct.
1: I'm assuming Joe is blue because he's away at war. He's
0: away at war, so I didn't really count him. He's not really in the story. Um, Also, you should feel a foreboding since we only do stories about, like, murders or (laughs) unsolved mysteries. So, our story begins Christmas Eve of 1945. Marion, the 19-year-old, was working at a dime store in town. And she bought the little girls some toys. So Martha, Jenny, and Betty. I guess Sylvia was, like, too little to care about stuff. Um, you know how you don't start mattering until you're, like, four or five
1: well, also, I mean, with a family of 10 in the 40s, you know, she probably had a silver rattle that would have been passed down forever and maybe some blocks. Also, if I had nine
0: siblings, I would for sure be like, we're drawing names out of a hat. I'm not buying nine Christmas presents.
1: Yeah. You guys um, are crazy. I'm sure Sylvia has all of the hand-me-down toys of all of the oh, other yeah. nine siblings. Oh, yeah. She's fine. She's set.
0: Listen, I gained three siblings when I got married, and I was like, oh my gosh, Christmas. <laughs> And it, we're terrible at giving Christmas gifts.
1: Sorry, it's Jarek's fault. My first, uh, like, Christmas with Shelton, mm-hmm. like, we weren't married yet, but, you know, significant and everything, mm-hmm. um, his mom and sister and brother all asked for my Christmas list. Oh, gosh. And I was like, oh, my what? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, what, what, are, what are all the things that you want? You know, just send me your list. Like, email me your list. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I have to make a list. I have to think about things that I want. That's so sweet, though. I mean, yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's sweet. And, you know, I love giving gifts. So yeah. I'm just like, heck yes, I get to shower them with gifts. But it's also like, I have to think of things that I want. Yeah. And ask for. I haven't done that since I was a small child. Did Kelly do that to your leg, by the way? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, no, God. that's the
0: chair. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to feel just really... did that to my arm. Okay, I don't feel bad about that. Um, Katie yeah. has like a gash on her leg.
1: I think like the last time I really asked for a Christmas present, I, mm-hmm. I can't. I've already told you the story about um, went shopping with my dad, No. and I I saw this um, like iPod stereo dock. Okay. And I was like, ooh, dad. And it was like two thousand nine. I want 2009. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, oh, Five maybe. Okay. All right. Um. Anyway, no, shoot. Oh three, oh four. It was a long time ago. Oh my gosh. Doesn't matter. We're at the store. I say, hey, I really want one of these. You uh-huh. know, my current alarm clock is kind of going on, going bad. Right. I'd like to have something to plug my iPod in. And he's like, do you want it for your Christmas present? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, great. So he bought it right then. And he said, the <laughs> only thing is that you have to wrap it. <laughs> and so Christmas Day comes around, and um, his girlfriend at the time is over, and, you know, we're going to open our presents. Uh-huh. And... I take it, the wrapped box, and I shake it. And I'm like, ah, oh, shakes like an iPod stereo. <laughs> and I open it. And she's like, how did you, how did you know that was it? And uh, she was like, did, did he tell you? Or I was like, no, no, I was with him when he bought it. I picked it out. <laughs> and then I wrapped it. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you did not make her wrap her own Christmas present. <laughs> you
0: should have convinced her that you were psychic. <laughs> or like a witch child.
1: Yeah, that would have scared her off. Yeah. Nah. Uh, (laughs) I thought it was pretty funny. She was just beside herself. (laughs) I mean, that
0: is pretty terrible, Katie's dad. Don't make her wrap her in presents. Okay. Okay. So, back to the forgotten child. Um, So... Uh, we're already off track. Marion buys toys. Yep. <laughs>
1: okay. For the the younger girls. For the younger
0: girls, except for Sylvia. And um, that evening, the little girls begged their mom to let them stay up past their bedtime so they could play with their toys. It's 1945. What else are you
1: going to do? Listen to the radio.
0: It probably goes off at oh, I'm like, sure it nine did. o'clock. So Jenny agreed. She said as long as the boys that were still up, which was Maurice and Lewis, 14 and 9, as long as they kind of looked after them and their chores were done before bed, which their chores were putting the cows in and feeding the chickens. As long as they did all that, they could stay up. Um, The older boys, George Jr. and John, as well as George Sr., they had been working all day, so they were already asleep by 10 o'clock, and Jenny kind of checked on everyone. Like, Marion was in bed. Big Jenny. Big Jenny checked on everyone. So she checks on the littles, and she's like, mm-hmm. everyone's everyone's
1: fine. The, like, grown-up kids. Yeah. Because you know, George is, George Jr. is 16. Yeah. And he's, um, I guess, closest to the adult of the children. Right. So they're all in bed. Yes. Yeah, so um, the older ones are in bed. Um, probably she, little Sylvia, too, I'd imagine.
0: Right, so uh, Jenny, like, reminds them, do your chores, and then she takes Sylvia up to bed, puts her to bed, like, they're done. Um, At 12.30 in the morning, Jenny is woken up by a phone call to the house. So she goes downstairs, because that's where the phone is, and she answers it, and... (laughs) Do
1: you remember the days of... A, a phone being plugged into the wall. Also, do you remember the
0: days then, of the phone not being right next to your head? Well, and then also there only being one of them in the entire yep. house. and it's on a cord. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in 1945. <laughs> back in the good old days. <laughs> back in the days. Um, Goes downstairs, downstairs, downstairs answer the answers the phone. Answers the phone. So, on the other end is a woman that Jenny doesn't know. And she's like, why are you... It's the middle of the night. Why are you calling? And later, Jenny would describe this woman as having a weird laugh. And she also said that she could hear glasses clinking in the background and laughter. Kind of like she was at a party. She's a witch. (laughs) Or, you know, witchy stuff. Um, So she tells the woman, she's like, you have the wrong number. Whoever you're asking for isn't here. And she hung up. And before she goes back to bed she notices um, the, the downstairs lights are still on and the curtains hadn't been drawn, which she thought was strange because the kids would usually kind of close up the house. Yeah,
1: it's part of the you know going to bed instructions. Yes. Um, so
0: Marion, I guess, I said she was already asleep, but I guess she had stayed up a little bit with the kids. She had fallen asleep on the couch. Um, the other kids weren't downstairs, so she figured they had all gone up to bed and Marion just fell asleep and forgot to close up. So she kind of wakes Marion up Sends her up to bed. Goes up to bed herself. Um, All the little kids slept. I guess they had one big bedroom up in Mm -hmm. the attic. Um, So she, and I think the stairs were still down. So she's like, they probably all just went up there and are asleep and, you know, whatever. They're 14 and 12 and not, you know, like, it's fine. So she goes back to bed. At 1 a.m., so about 30 minutes later, she is woken up by the sound of something hitting the roof. And then something rolling. Santa! (laughs) She, and she thought it was Santa and went back to sleep.
1: Uh, Good thing I left the cookies <laughs> out.
0: So she kind of waited a second to see if she heard anything else. She didn't hear anything.
1: Is George Sr. at home and in bed and just yes. sleeping through all of this? Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. He just, you know. It, wouldn't it be nice to be a man and yep. be able to sleep, sleep through, through everything. everything? I
0: know. Big Jenny's really the hero of the story. Um, so she doesn't hear anything else. She figures it was, I don't know, an acorn or an apple. Ab- Tree branch. Yeah. So she goes back to sleep. At 1:30. So another 30 minutes later, Jenny wakes up again. This time to the smell of smoke. So she gets up and she finds George's office in flames. And the telephone and the, the telephone line and the fuse box were all in his office and it looked like the the fire was like central or focused around that. So, she wakes everyone up and, you know, gets out of the house. So, instead of cutting the phone line, they decided to just burn it. Just burn it, I guess. (laughs) All right. Yes.
1: Hey, gotta gotta respect the creativity (laughs) there.
0: Yes. So, she grabs Sylvia, the baby. She gets her husband the older kids up. And they all get out. They called up into the attic for the little kids. But the stairs to the attic were on fire. So they couldn't go up and get them. So they're just screaming, like, hey, the house is on fire. Like, you know, we're going to go to the window. Yeah, like, we're going to figure out how to get you out. So George and Jenny are outside. And then John, Marion, George Jr., and then the baby Sylvia. Um, Let's see. Lost my spot. What is that sound I'm hearing?
1: Doesn't (laughs) matter.
0: Okay. There's a jet earlier. So John, um, the oldest, he had initially told police that he had gone up to the attic to wake up his siblings, but later he changed his story to say that he just called up in the attic. I think that this is, like, a minor discrepancy. If the attic stairs were on fire, you couldn't go up there.
1: I'm, he was tired and groggy, but woke up in the middle of the night. Right. In, I mean, thrown into chaos. Like... I mean, I I can understand. You know, you're first. You're trying to figure out and understand for yourself right. what's going on. That you're like, yeah, yeah. I went up to check on him, or I went up to grab him. Right. But then you realize later, like, no, I didn't actually go up there because yeah. the stairs were on fire. I just.
0: Or I was thinking maybe he felt guilty because he didn't make more of an effort to get his siblings out. And so initially he said, no, no, no. I did everything I could. I went up there. I woke them up, and told them. But then, really, what happened was he just called to them and didn't realize that that wouldn't be enough.
1: And the times that they were calling to the kids, did the kids ever call back? I'm going to say
0: no, based on more of the story.
1: What's coming (laughs) next, yep. I was hesitant to even ask because uh, I'm, you know, my track record for ruining things. So, there were a bunch
0: of things that hindered... Their efforts to save the house and the children that remained inside.
1: Well, fire, or you know, phone was on fire, so you couldn't call the fire department. Yes. So the first thing is
0: the phone wasn't working.
1: So, Uh, how how rural are they? Like, do they have neighbors that can, like, see their house and see it's on fire? Or, like, do they have to, like, run a mile or more to get to their neighbor's house?
0: Well, Marion did run to a neighbor's house to call the fire department. Um, She couldn't get through to them, like to the fire department, Um, but someone who was driving down the road saw the fire and went to a local tavern to call the fire department. They also couldn't get through.
1: Well, it sounds like so, the problem is not on the neighbor or the tavern, yes. side, but definitely on the, the side of the fire department.
0: Yes. So, eventually someone was able to reach the fire department and let them know.
1: Is it just like they were getting a busy signal or just no one was answering? I think probably no one was answering.
0: That's um, The chief uh, fire uh, fire chief, <laughs> the chief chief fire, uh, his name is F.J. Morris. He wasn't able to drive the fire engine, so he had to wait for someone who could. Cause you know, qualifications for being the
1: why can Chief? the fire chief drive?
0: I don't know the truck. Maybe he only had one eye and didn't have any depth perception, or
1: maybe he was at a Christmas party. Maybe
0: he let his CDL expire. I don't know. Uh, they were also low on manpower because of the whole war thing happening, mm-hmm. and uh, their alarm system was basically individual firemen calling each other on the phone to let phone them, tree yeah so their their alarm system was a phone tree to say like there's an emergency cool, cool cool so you don't rely on the fire department
1: so at least not 1945 yes
0: yes rely on the fire department now uh, they're all volunteers
1: so have you heard the stand-up with Hannibal Burris? About, like, I don't feel like I have to... I should have to pay as many taxes as everyone else. I never call the police. I put out all my own fires. I love him. Yeah. That one gets me every time. I put out all my own fires. All right. So, they finally get through. The fire chief can't drive the truck... They're going through the phone tree to get all the other firefighters yes. awake and involved and hopefully get somebody to get the big red truck out to the house. Yes. Okay. So, meanwhile, George... The house is still on fire. The house is on fire. Um,
0: George Sr. has managed to, like, climb the side of the house and break a window to the attic. And my understanding of this is, like, he was just maybe kind of able to climb up enough to, like, hit it with his arm, but not enough to get Get in. Yeah. So, he's like, okay, I got a window. Let's get the ladder and get the kids out. Well, the ladder that they usually just kept, like, leaned up against the house, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a la the Parch family. (laughs) We don't store things. We're going to keep it leaned up against a tree right now. Um, The ladder was missing. They inexplicably couldn't find this ladder that was always kept in the same place um so george was like okay let's get they had two work trucks he had his own trucking company Mm -hmm. so he's like let's drive the trucks up to the side of the house and like stand on them um the trucks wouldn't start for some reason um the they had been working fine the day before like the like literally like 12 hours ago they were working fine Mm -hmm. and for some reason they didn't work when they needed them to. And uh, it said in the article that a water barrel that might have helped put out the fire was frozen. I don't know what they were going to do with a water barrel. Um, Bucket and splash it. It just, that seems like a really inefficient way to uh, stop a burning house. If it's all you got. That's just true. So I guess it's significant a water barrel was frozen.
1: Their house is on fire in the middle of the night, and several of their kids are still trapped inside. This is true. Do what you can. Like, logic is not probably <laughs> functioning at all.
0: True. So,
1: okay. so
0: um, over the next 45 minutes, the Sodders could do nothing but watch their house burn to the ground with five of their children still trapped inside. Or so they thought.
1: Hey. I was going to say, I feel like at some point, I mean, 45 minutes is a long time. Yes. I know there's going to be a lot of panic and everything, but eventually you, you just kind of do get to a calmer point. Um, when you should start worrying about why you haven't seen any of your kids flailing out of the window. Yes. Um, which I realized. not heard anything from them. I did Again, fire is loud. Is fire loud? Mm-hmm. No.
0: Okay. I'm trying to See, this is why it's inefficient. Anyways, this is my picture of the five children that were trapped in the house. Oh um, cute. I know. Look at little Lewis. Doesn't adorable. he have the precious little and he's
1: wearing suspenders. He reminds me of um
0: uh cute Gil,
1: no gilbert Blythe from anne with an e the netflix anne of green Gables series
0: oh i haven't watched that
1: that's great he looks like a young gilbert oh
0: he's so precious he's adorable um he would have been
1: a cutie when he got older i know so
0: i mean these kids all look like siblings they're all very italian oh, yeah.
1: um <laughs> definitely siblings
0: meaning they all have like the strong dark brow and the dark, dark hair. hair um they're all very cute uh So, let's see. Firefighters did finally arrive later in the morning. And the fire had already burned out. So, by 10 o'clock in the morning, they were just sifting through the ashes of the house. And they were searching for the remains of Maurice, Martha, Louis, Jenny, and Betty. But they did not find any bodies. They didn't even find any bones. Chief Morris, you know, the chief that can't drive a fire truck... Uh, said that he believed the, fire, the the children had died in the fire and that their bodies had simply been incinerated.
1: This guy seems obscenely inept now. He, yes. I mean, <laughs> do you know how hot a fire would have to burn to I completely do. burn all of their human remains? In fact, that does come up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like it because you're a scientist. <laughs> a house fire is not hot enough <laughs> unless there is, like, some serious chemical... You know, accelerants and chemicals involved.
0: If I have learned anything from watching all of the true crime that I've watched, I have learned it's very hard to burn a human body. Mm -hmm. Don't have the FBI look at my search history, because they will put me on a list, but it's damn near impossible. That's not a good, like, you're better off just throwing it in a body of of water. Mm -hmm. Like, burning a body, it's not going to work. Watch Making a Murderer. And then, listen, I have a lot of things to say about that, too. Another episode. So, um, the Sodders... I wrote Saunders here. Whoops. The Sodders were told to leave the side of their burned house untouched so that the fire marshal could do a more thorough investigation.
1: I was wondering if they had arson investigators back then.
0: Yes. Um, Although, if I were them, I'd be like, listen, your whole fire department is inept, so... I don't trust your fire marshal. Um, But after four days of their house just being a pile of rubble, George and Jenny just couldn't take it anymore. It was this awful reminder of how their lives had been ruined. It was basically what they were told, like, here's your dead children. Um, So they bulldozed over everything, and they um, covered it in dirt. And Jenny would later plant a garden there that was like a memorial garden to the children. And she would tend it the rest of her life and, you know, kind of kept it as like a sacred place for herself. Um, There was a coroner's inquest. And it determined that the fire had been caused by faulty wiring and destructions. Death certificates were issued for the five soldered children on December 30th, 1945. They did hold funerals for the children, although George and Jenny could not bring themselves to go. Um, did
1: the faulty wiring also cause the ladder to be mysteriously moved? Yes. You know how that happens?
0: Yeah. Uh, I thought <laughs> so. Yes. Because, you know, science. Science. Um, George, Marion, and John did attend the funerals in their parents' place. I don't know if Joe came back for it. I don't think that's how the war works.
1: <laughs> um, although in Saving Private Ryan it does. Well, that's because he was, like, the last remaining son, right? Well,
0: okay, the premise of that movie is this woman just lost four four? Yeah, I think it
1: was four out of her five. Four of her sons. sons so and let's so send the wanted, other one back. Yeah. And in this one, this family just lost five of their children. Yeah, but not to the war.
0: I'm sorry, I believe that they would have sent... To the war
1: on fire. They would have sent... And electricity,
0: apparently. Um, Let's just pretend that Tom Hanks and Tom Sizemore... Oh, both Toms. uh, (laughs) I've watched that movie, like, 15 times and just realized that.
1: I I have a feeling that Joe was not notified uh, under any kind of official capacity. And would only have been notified by one of his siblings or parents writing to him. Um and then there might be like he could request leave for a special like this, but I I highly doubt it.
0: I don't know what we were Especially doing. Especially it being When did the war, war end? Late
1: 1945. So, so he was almost done anyway. I was about to say Christmas <laughs> of 1945, yeah, he was coming home. Okay.
0: Well, anyways, he's not important to the story. Um let's see. Oh, Okay. This also, next
1: the war ending has two different dates. Okay. V- Don't at me, v- our dad, the v- VJ day and VE day. Stop. Um, my dad is gonna scold me for not knowing it. At my at dad least is one of too.
0: Them. Listen, I talked to my dad. Sorry, tangent. It's been a week. Uh, I was telling my talking to my dad about that other podcast that was recommended mm-hmm. uh, nine days in July. Because mm-hmm. I was slow. and I accidentally listened to the last episode first. And I was like, it's a weird place to start with the splashdown. <laughs> and then I was like, oops, I'm on day nine. Uh, so I was talking to him about it because I was getting into it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he goes, oh, I already knew everything that they said. <laughs> he was like, I was looking forward to learning some new information, but I already knew everything. <laughs> Did he listen to it? He or? listened to the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. And okay, he
1: I thought he was saying that based off of what you were telling him. Like, no, I already
0: knew that. No, no, no. no. He's good about, uh, he'll humor me and listen to things that, like me discovering things he's known for Mm -hmm. years. So, um, okay. So the next, uh, section of these notes are called, some things didn't add up. Dun, dun, dun. So, George, to rewind a little bit, George Sr., um, so Italian immigrant, he was not shy about his dislike for Italian dictator Benito Mussolini and would readily... Oh, my God, it was a hit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was... Let's say if Facebook were around, he would be that person all up in everyone's comments. He was not afraid of, like, a debate or an argument or just... I mean, he wasn't quiet about it. Good for him. Um, Apparently, I... did very minimal research into this because, again, I was rushing to finish these notes. Um, I apparently there were Italian immigrants that really liked Mussolini. Uh, so,
1: why did they leave? I don't know. So, I just put here. To go get a better life in America? Yeah. I, ironic because, you know, Mussolini's doing such a good job for Italy. You know, kind of like our own current Doing okay. Such a great job. I'm going to buy a okay.
0: house in Canada, the Canadian wilderness. Too cold. Uh, n- not, there's no such thing. Um, in October of 1945, so a couple months before the fire, a life insurance salesman had come a in at the Sauter residence, and George, or Jenny whatever they were like no thank you you know we already have it or we don't need it or whatever go away
1: oh my gosh it's a conspiracy in the insurance biz <laughs> anyone There's... anyone who doesn't buy the life insurance because they think they don't need it they go and prove to them that they do Listen, and then, then they got a lifetime that's card. not
0: off the mark in terms of like theories for this
1: it's... I mean insurance companies are the devil yes uh, and I hate I... Hate minds so much. Oh, they're just the worst. I won't go onto that tangent. We've had enough. But yeah, no. I I think that's definitely that's the that's the theory I'm going with. Okay. It wasn't Mussolini hit squad. It was an insurance company hit squad.
0: I like that you're coming up with a lot of theories before you have all the information. <laughs> okay.
1: That's how most people do this, right? Yes, it
0: is. So they said no, and this salesman, I guess, got like. I guess he was just real extra. And he told George that his house would, quote, go up in smoke and his children would, quote, be destroyed. And he allegedly said that this was all because of the of George's criticism of Mussolini.
1: Oh, snap. I know. So it is a Mussolini hit squad it's, within the insurance yep. company. <laughs> oh, levels. It's got layers. And,
0: and to add to this craziness, this salesman... Was on the jury of the coroner's inquest that determined that the fire was caused by faulty wiring.
1: Yep, sounds like yeah. answer to
0: me. <laughs> okay. On top of that, remember this is called things don't add up. Later that year, so sometime between October and Christmas, some rando guy who was looking for work came to the solder house and was like, you know, do you need anything fixed? Hobo. <laughs> and uh he I guess went around back and was looking at their fuse box situation and he told George that they would quote cause a fire someday. And I know that that's like repairman talk of just like you need me because this is going to this is a huge fire hazard. Mm-hmm. But George had just had the house rewired. I think they put in an electric stove and he had like the whole place rewired and the electric company had told him like they had just had professional work done, and they were like, this is cool.
1: Was the electric company part of the corners? No. Interest?
0: They're some of the only good people in this. They're with Big Jenny being good people. Um, also, in the weeks leading up to Christmas, the older solder boys, which I don't know who all that includes. I would guess John and George. Stan. John and George. Maybe, junior?
1: Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. Sorry, I was looking at Georgia. Maybe Maurice. <laughs> maybe Maurice. Uh,
0: but they said that they had noticed a strange car parked along the highway that ran through Fayetteville. And the people inside, they were reportedly watching the younger Solder children when they walked home from school. Which is sketchy as hell.
1: Kidnapping ring. <laughs> so. Human trafficking. The Sodders. Send them back to Italy. <laughs> Katie, re- you're guessing re- all of the theories reconditioned them to to love Mussolini.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. So the soldiers began to question what had happened that night. So they said, well, if the fire was caused by electrical problems, how come our Christmas lights stayed on for like the whole first part of the fire? Wouldn't all of the power have gone out? Um, Also, when they looked around afterwards, that ladder that was missing, they found it 75 feet away at the bottom of an embankment. Like someone had intentionally hidden it. It also turns out that their phone line hadn't been, or the phone line didn't work, not because it was on fire. It had been cut intentionally. And the only way to cut it, someone would have had to climb up a 14-foot pole and then, like, Holding onto the pole, they would have had to reach out an additional two feet to get to the line. Um, and then this random... So many things were happening. Good grief. A, a man, a random thief, had been seen stealing a block and tackle, which I guess is like a pulley system, something for old-timey work. Um, but I guess the solders had one or more. And this guy had snuck onto their property to steal one the night of the fire... He was caught. He was arrested. He admitted to cutting the phone line, but he said he thought it was the power line. But that didn't make any sense at all, because why would he need to cut any kind of line if he was just
1: stealing a piece of farm equipment? Yeah. And I mean, also, there's no record of his identity. It would make more sense for him to cut the phone line than the power line so that yeah. they couldn't, if he got caught, they couldn't call the police.
0: Yes. And he also, like, claimed he didn't have anything to do with the fire. But also, if he had cut the phone line, he would have had to climb up that 14-foot pole. Or I guess maybe he used the ladder to do it. Yeah. And then, But still, it didn't make any sense why he would have done that, like, at all. So Jenny doesn't Big Jenny does not believe that her children had been burnt up in the fire. She was like I'm not this doesn't make sense. This is is not where my children are. Um household appliances that had been in the house survived and were recognizable after the fire. Uh-huh. Um fragments of the tin roof were still intact. A similar fire around the same time uh, that was in the news had killed a family of seven, and skeletal remains of all the victims had been found within the rubble. Um, Also, an employee of the local crematorium, good to be friends with those people, had told Jenny that human bones will still remain after a body is burned at 2,000 degrees for two hours. And for reference, house fires can reach... Between 1,000 and 2,000 degrees, but the solder home was only burning and on fire for 45 minutes. So even if it did get to 2,000 degrees... Yeah, see, that's, that's
1: the kicker is like, yes, it could potentially right. get to that. Again, like, maybe you've got a whole bunch of, you know, maybe it catches on the shed and you've got a whole bunch of chemicals and other flammable things right. that can increase the heat. But it still has to burn for... That hot for... Yeah, that hot yeah. for... Hours, yeah, and a house, even if it's a big house, eventually you run out of stuff to burn. Yes, and this is true. No more food for the fire.
0: <laughs> um, so there were a couple eyewitnesses, um, that night that Jenny also kind of referenced. Um, there was a bus driver, um, that was passing through in the middle of the night, and he said that he saw people. Throwing, quote, balls of fire at the house. Why he didn't stop and call the fire department? Sorry, he probably did and just. No one <laughs> could yeah, he anymore. might have. <laughs> um, so he says he sees people throwing balls of fire. Molotov cocktails. <clears throat> well, months later, Jenny finds a small, round, hard, rubber like object in the brush near the house. George said it looked like what he called a pineapple bomb, which I tried to look that up. It just shows a bunch of cartoons of pineapples. (laughs) Or, like, cocktails, which I don't need to get into. I just bought my first box wine, so... And we're having a stay-in date night tonight, which I'm so excited for. Um, This is marriage when you're 30. (laughs) Um, So, but it looked... George said it looked like... I don't know, something, some kind of incendiary handheld device. Um, and they thought back to the night at the fire. Jenny had heard a thump. thump
1: and a roll. And
0: a roll. Um, which, I don't know, when I read that it gave me chills. I was like,
1: <gasps> what if,
0: yeah, whatever. Picture it yourself, listeners. Um, there was also a woman who had been watching the fire from the road. I guess, like, once it was going there were onlookers and she said that she had seen a car pass by and she said she saw the kids in the car looking at the house uh granted it's like 1 a.m 1 30 like
1: also sometimes people like onlookers like mm-hmm. that who are like ooh, i'm you know <laughs> intrigued by it uh, they want to insert themselves yes. into it and make their part of the story. Like, when they're telling other people about yes. it, they want to be kind of more involved in mm-hmm. it to make it this is more true. interesting and make them seem more interesting, yes. so. Um, and then there was also a woman who claimed that she served
0: the children breakfast the following day at a rest stop that was between Fayetteville and Charleston, West Virginia. Um... I don't think that that ever panned out to anything. But again, these kids are fairly distinct looking. I and there's 5 of there's them. There's 5 of them and like, most I of know, them are very young. I mean, the oldest is 14
1: and I know like back in the day it was more, you know, more common for families to have you know, a, a million lot of kids. kids. Um so like maybe it wouldn't be as like, you know, I would honestly... I, I, I guess it wouldn't stand out that there was people there with five children. Honestly, if
0: I was a waitress, though, I would absolutely remember. I'd be like, got yeah, a table of seven and five of them were kids. Come on. And they all got waters and asked for extra lemons. <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> It would depend on how well behaved the kids.
0: This are. is true. These kids I'm sorry. Lewis is just the cutest little child I ever did see.
1: And so I mean, again, they are all pretty young, you know. Uh what is it? The youngest is five.
0: five. Betty's five. five. That's a five. Uh, <laughs>
1: eight and nine.
0: <laughs> what did it look like?
1: It looks like an
0: It does not look like, like a nine. Well, they're in order. They're in. Yeah, that's why I was confused.
1: Order. I was like, there's nine, eight and nine. Well, well wait, she's no. five. This little one is five. Um Anyway, so like, yeah, it's like little Ginny and Betty. I mean, especially Betty would probably be like, "I'm scared." Yeah, and like it would, she would probably be obvious to people that might see them as like, "This something's wrong." Yeah, she's not just like, "I'm upset because I'm a little kid." Yeah, scared. And then you know, Maurice being—he's basically an adult. Yeah, at this time, yeah. <laughs> at this point, but I mean, he's definitely old enough to be trying to mm-hmm. figure out something. Like he would have tried to find a way to, yeah, talk to the waitress and be like, "Help us." Yes.
0: Well, and Martha, I mean, especially in a family this size, I'm sure Martha was like a little mom, mm-hmm. you know, to the she had three younger sisters.
1: Yeah, she was the second oldest girl.
0: Yeah, I'm sure she was... I don't know. She looks like a little mom in that picture. Everyone go look at these pictures. Lewis is does. just... Golly, he's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so George. So we're moving on from Jenny to George. Maurice is pretty cute, too. He's kind of got that, like, smoky smoldering look. He does. They would all have been very attractive adults, I feel like. Anyway, Uh, more on that later. So, George was just as obsessive over this idea that the kids were still alive Mm -hmm. as Jenny was. He petitioned the FBI to investigate what he called a kidnapping of his five children. They declined. I think it was, like, jurisdictional whatever.
1: Yeah, but I I thought with, like, when kids are involved, especially kidnapping and stuff, that's when... It, it, it is the FBI's jurisdiction. No.
0: But remember, officially, these kids had death certificates. Mm, true. So, a court, like, the government, to the government, they're dead. Mm. Um, he did, he was Just able... Like
1: so many other kids at this time.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, This is going to turn into a different podcast. I thought about introducing it by being like, and now we've turned into a podcast where Hannah, it's a Hamilton podcast with <laughs> mysterious... <laughs> i listen if I can find a way to relate the next one to Hamilton
1: you have a problem and it's time to stage an intervention
0: I have a gift also if anyone is following the Hamilton litter of sweet little foster baby puppies four of them got adopted yesterday
1: Good.
0: um I lost my place <laughs> Jarek just cut all this out um oh okay In August of 1949, George was able to convince a pathologist named Oscar Hunter to supervise a new excavation of the burn site.
1: So dig up Big Jenny's Memorial Garden.
0: Yes. (laughs) Which I'm sure she wasn't super happy about, but...
1: I don't know. I mean, if she is also, as Dead said, that her kids are not buried there. They're yep. like, yeah, dig it up, I'll plant another one. This is true. You know, I'd, I'd rather dig it up and find them and then have to plant another actual memorial garden. Yes,
0: this is... Yeah. Um, so, they do an excavation. Among what they find, they find a children's dictionary. They find some coins. And they find some small bone fragments that turned out to be human vertebrae. So they send the bones to a specialist at the Smithsonian, and he, or they, sorry, could have been a female. Uh, they Not determined. at this time. <laughs> whatever. Uh, they determined that they all belong to the same person, so it's one person's vertebrae. They decide that that person is between 16 and 22. Hmm. So, the oldest of the missing children was Maurice, which was 14. 14. Um, they also said that the bones showed no signs of being exposed to fire. So, this doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> now we have a whole other mystery. Uh, maybe. Would, I, did that house have a crawl space or something? <laughs> that maybe somebody, before they moved in, went under there and died?
0: That would be horrifying. Yeah. Um I
1: still feel like we be exposed to fire, which is weird. Uh, so,
0: the specialist also said that, from his understanding, they should have found full skeletons for all five of those children, mm-hmm. given the short duration of the fire.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
0: Yeah, so... I mean,
1: it wouldn't even just be skeletal. Like, yeah, like... would be a lot of tissue on yes. there still. So, he's saying what we all know. He also concluded
0: that the bones probably came from the dirt that George had bulldozed over the site. Mm. Um, I think there was some kind of conclusion that they came from, like, a local cemetery, but that wasn't important, and also it didn't make sense.
1: It doesn't make sense as to why it would come from a cemetery. (laughs) So... If so, it's a very poorly run cemetery, or it's just, like, not a real cemetery, (laughs) but where they dump the bodies of homeless or other people that nobody cares about. This is a whole other mystery of, like,
0: who this 16- to 22-year-old is who just ended up on the site. Whoops. Um, But we're not talking about that. Mm -hmm. So, the Sodders offered a $5,000 reward, which they later increased to $10,000, for any information on what happened to their children,
1: were they able to get the death certificates like reversed? I don't think so.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't know if you can. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
1: Um, yeah, if you've been like I don't know in a plane crash or you know, shipwrecked or something, and they can't mm-hmm. find you, but you survive, like in
0: castaway. Yeah. The other
1: and arrow. Uh, superhero Who? movie, oh. or TV show, uh, they'll declare you legally dead. Oh. Um, I mean, it's also like
0: after... For life f- insurance. Yes. Yeah.
1: But then once <gasps> you are found... scam coming. And then proven to not be dead.
0: So if Jarek faked his death, I could get a death certificate so that I could collect on his life insurance. What happens when they find out he's not dead? They take the money back?
1: You both go to jail for... <laughs> very very long time
0: oh all right we're not gonna do that
1: i'm not coming up to san quentin or whatever prison that you're gonna be shipped <laughs> san off quentin. to i don't know it was the first one i could think of craven county <laughs> local jail prison <laughs> no you you wouldn't be in like the local
0: what yeah well what's the state prison yeah you'd be sent up state well what to raleigh
1: i don't know i don't I'd know. Pass a- i don't know our prison system Okay, sure.
0: What you know every other random obscure fact, but you don't know our prison system. Okay, I don't believe you. Um, in 1952, the family—this is where your second picture comes in.
1: The do family. I to, do I get to pull off? Sure,
0: it's the okay. top one. All right. They put up a billboard along the highway and also at the site of the house. Yes, go ahead. I feel like Vanna White. <laughs>
1: Alright.
0: Um, and it has pictures of the children. Um and it has the reward on there, I think, and just information about, you know, like they want help for it.
1: After thirty years, it's not too late to investigate. Sorry. It read like a freaking chant I had to it say. Did.
0: It. Um, so They put these billboards up and they start getting new leads because of it.
1: Can I say that they're weird looking billboards as well? Because they have a little roof structure on them. They look like little houses. They do. Um,
0: (laughs) But it's to draw people's attention. Mm -hmm. Um, So that same year, a woman who worked at a Charleston hotel came forward with a story. She said that she had seen the children about a week after the fire. She couldn't remember the exact date. But she said they came into the hotel where she worked around midnight with two men and two women. And she said all of them, the adults included, looked Italian. Which, again, if you don't know what we're talking about, look at the picture of these children. Dark hair, dark features, whatever. Olive complexion. Olive complexion. Beautiful. Um, So she tried to speak to the children. She was a nice person and, you know, tried to talk to these kids. And she said one of the men gave her a dirty look and began speaking to the group in Italian. And then after that, no one in the group would talk to her. And she felt weird. And then she said they stayed the night and they left super early the next morning. And I guess just... Which seems... If you're trying to, like, not be suspicious, don't make it super weird when people talk to the kids. Like, yeah. just... Because now she remembers them.
1: I mean... It- could be. Can I argue the other side? Sure. That maybe they, the adults didn't speak much at all English, and they were just oh. kind of, you know, like, I don't know what she's saying. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, don't, we don't talk to anyone here. Like, we're just, we're coming to sleep, and we're getting up, and we're continuing our journey. Like, we have to get from oh. A to B real quick, and, you know. We so, just- like,
0: maybe they were worried that, like, the kids were going to say something to her, and they wouldn't know what the kids were saying. It's
1: kind of like when, um, you know, you're with someone who doesn't speak English Mm -hmm. or whatever language, they can seem a little standoffish. Yeah. Just because they don't understand what you're saying to them. True. Hmm.
0: Okay. I guess that makes more sense, but...
1: I'm... If it was... You know what my theory is? It's like a kidnapping ring (laughs) as part of the insurance company's (laughs) Mussolini hit squad. Well, if it was those kids...
0: And I still stand by my theory of you seem hella suspicious if you're then going to be like, oh, no yeah. one talked to the hotel lady. Oh, yeah. Um, so another, um, like, story that came in. A woman in St. Louis, Missouri, claimed that Martha was in a convent in St. Louis. Uh, someone in Texas claimed to have overheard people at a local bar, quote, making incriminating statements regarding a fire on Christmas Eve in West Virginia. They didn't elaborate. And in 1967, a Texas woman said that Lewis had revealed his true identity to her after they got drunk together. So George Sr. followed up on all of these leads. He was, he was really obsessive. There was a story that his, I think it was his, brother-in-law or a relative of his, he found out that their kids looked similar to his, and he was, like, obsessive until they proved that the kids belonged to the other relative. Wow. Um, but he would, like, travel Rief to... will mess you up. I know. It's actually incredibly sad. Mm-hmm. Um, he would travel to these locations himself. Like, he would investigate as much as he could. Um, he saw his kids everywhere. It was, like, you know, he would see like a local child and think it was, you know, Betty and mm-hmm. just obsess over it. Um, none of these leads went anywhere. Um, and in 1967, so the same year that the Texas woman said that Lewis had come forward and the solders received a letter that was postmarked in central city, Kentucky, but had no return address. And inside was a picture of a young man in his 30s. Yes, Katie, you can reveal. Hmm. So, this picture is a young man in his 30s. He's cute. Okay, if you were to guess which child that could be. Oh, I guess I labeled it. Never mind. (laughs)
1: I'm going to take a wild stab at it. Here's the thing.
0: There's a note on the back. And Katie, I hope my handwriting is good enough, better than the Jack the Ripper or the other kidnapping handwriting, for you to read what that says.
1: Louis Sauter, I love brother Frankie, ill ill boys, A90132 or 35. Yes. Um... The.
0: They couldn't really make any sense of what it said. Mm -mm. Um, They believed that the picture of this young man was um, Mm Louis, growing up.
1: I could see that as a possibility. Yes. Um, (laughs) More so than Maurice. Yes. I feel like Maurice looks like a young... um, What's his name? Matthew... (sighs) From Harry Potter. Um...
0: Who does he play in Harry Potter?
1: (sighs) Neville (gasps) Longbottom.
0: Oh, well, Neville had a grow up, glow-up. Yeah. I don't know the actor's name.
1: Matthew, Matthew
0: something. something. I could see it, but his teeth are probably better.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> he looks like a young... Hey, you no, know, Neville, you know, when we first saw him at 11, yeah, he was... <laughs> Oh, hella awkward. He was all of us at 11. But by about 14, 15 is when his glow-up really started. Yeah, this is true. I guess if you put a sweater vest on him. But mm-hmm. well, he's just got that, like, smoldering stare. Yeah. All right. Well. So that that picture
0: arrives. Yes, this picture arrives with this strange note on the back. Um, the family hires a private investigator to investigate the letter, but oh, the, I guess. I thought they hired
1: him to bake him a cake. <laughs>
0: um I don't know what the deal was with this guy but he just never followed up with them so I know I think they sent Shitty him to the I know I think they sent him to Central City Kentucky um and he just never got back to them um but the family believed
1: <gasps> no he found the kids and the Mussolini hit squad was still keeping an <laughs> eye on him and so they killed the investigator too possibly.
0: Uh the family believed that this is a picture of Lewis. Um, they believed it was proof that he was still alive. I think they even um like enlarged that photo and like had it on their mantle as like one of their family pictures. Eesh. I know. Um so two years after that uh picture arrives in 1969, George passed away. Um up until the very end obviously he believed his kids were still alive somewhere
1: shoot i do too well, i i don't know i don't believe they're still alive i believe that they survived the fire they that they s- weren't i believe that they weren't in the fire okay they could still be alive
0: uh, it's only 1945 betty was two
1: well i'm not five I, sorry I betty was five i'm not ruling out anything bad happening to them after that true Um, immediately or many many years later i'm just saying i i don't think they were in the fire they did not die in the fire okay
0: uh all of i also agree with that
1: um (laughs) okay because you (laughs) kind of gave me this look and like okay i don't
0: care because you're wrong i'm gonna end it with like and then they found all their bodies um not true All of the children, except for John, for some reason. I think John just kind of shut down and didn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. All of the other children um, continued searching for answers about their siblings. Jenny, uh, Big Jenny, wore black the rest of her life. She was in mourning. And she tended her garden that they, I guess, redid uh, for the rest of her life until she died in 1989 And only after she died did the remaining children take the billboards down. The last surviving child, sorry, I'm skipping ahead. The surviving children, their theory, similar to yours, is that the Sicilian Mafia was trying to extort money from George. And somehow they planned an arson. Someone knew about it and wanted to protect the children. So they got, I guess, only five of them out of the house and possibly had taken them back to Italy. And they believed that if this had happened or if something similar had happened, that the children were intentionally not contacting their parents or their siblings in order to protect the family.
1: Uh, I think that's too far-fetched for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mean, just, I mean, just—I mean, honestly—the idea that this guy being a loudmouth, uh, you know, uh-huh. you know Mussolini uh, critic, and, yeah, criticizing Mussolini. I mean, if they were still in Italy, maybe much more plausible.
0: But they're in a small town that's full of Italian immigrants.
1: Still, like, we its World War Two, like. <laughs> they're, they're not sending a, uh, Italian hit squads for some guy in the middle of West Virginia just because he's saying he's talking <gasps> about Mussolini. I thought, honestly,
0: when I was reading this story, my initial thought was that, like, the kids planned it somehow. I don't know how. Okay, this is, oh, listen, you went sinister. I know. Well, not. I don't know that. I don't know. So in my head, somehow, it was like there's something darker going on in the family. The little kids that were all left up had, like, planned something, or at least Maurice and Martha, the two older ones. They all slept in the same room. They all escaped the same way. They were out of the house when the fire started, so they knew something that everyone else didn't know.
1: I don't know. Doesn't hold water to me.
0: Okay, well, the water's frozen because it's December in West Virginia.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the conclusion of this is not satisfying. Sylvia is the last surviving child, as far as I could tell. Um, I didn't find anything that said she had died yet. She should be 77 today. And she still believes that her siblings did not die in the fire. Um, she does say that her earliest memory is of the fire, of mm. being the last child out of the house.
1: I mean, yeah, like, part of the reason I, I can remember so much from when I was very, very young mm-hmm. is because, you know, I was about two years old when we moved to Singapore, so you're like, you're just starting to, like, see and understand, yeah. and, like, actually, you know, yeah, participate in the world around you, and then uh, all of a sudden everything changed very drastically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then for about two years, and then it changed very drastically again. Yeah. So I think that's it. Just sticks. So yeah. I feel like one of those traumatic mm-hmm. things is definitely gonna
0: yeah last.
1: But I mean, if
0: you think about it, uh, Betty would be what seventy or eighty. She would be eighty mm-hmm. today. I mean, that's this didn't happen long enough ago that like everyone should be dead. I really want to know what happened. <laughs>
1: I also really want to know if that really is Lewis. Well, so that was one of my questions, too. This woman in Texas that said she got drunk with Lewis and mm-hmm. he told her who he was, uh, did he say anything else or did he just say, I'm Lewis Sauter? Like, he expected her to just know who I he would was assume and what that meant? I would assume... Did he not say, like, <laughs> so when I was a kid I was... Kidnapped by uh, an Italian, you know, the Italian mafia well, for this reason. And my name is really this. And
0: He's drunk. So, in my experience, first of all, she's also probably drunk. So, I don't know about you, but I don't remember
1: a lot of stuff. Novino Veritas.
0: Uh, I feel like maybe he got drunk and was like, I don't know, like my real name's not Frankie is Lewis and my family thinks I'm dead. And our house burned down in 1945. And, you know, like, I feel like he probably gave bits and pieces and she was also probably drunk and then remembered it the next day and was like, wait, what? And then jumped on her internet and (laughs) JK, JK, that was the 1967, right? Hey, computers were starting to be invented. Right? In the sixties?
1: Not like the way we know them today. Yeah, but we went to the moon in the sixties. I That's know why because I said, of not like with you know, computers not like we know them today. She probably went to the local library mm-hmm. and the big calculators.
0: What's the thing with the newspapers? Um the Dewey Decimal system? No. Okay. With the newspapers, Katie. Oh, the microfish. The micro sorry, I wasn't. Listening. Microfish?
1: Microfish. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah, maybe she did that. And found the story of the fire and then saw his picture and she was like, oh my God.
1: I mean, that's kind of one of the things is like, unless she's originally from that area in West Virginia mm. and like grew up and heard the story, um, it probably likely didn't get, you know, national news or it, maybe it did, but probably not a lot of coverage. And also... It was twenty some odd years after, so even if it mm. even if she had seen it on the news, she would have been a child as well, presumably, unless she was like a much older woman.
0: Well, somehow she got the slaughter's mailing address.
1: But yeah, like somehow she knew the story or like heard the story, whether it was from Lewis. Yeah. Or somehow she knew of this story and of this family.
0: This is true. So Lewis is very cute, mm-hmm. or the man in that picture is
1: no actual Lewis. Is actual very
0: Lewis cute. is very cute, and the man in the picture is very handsome, he has very dreamy eyes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> all right, well, that's all I have for that. That's no, I don't know what happened. Conspiracy theories, conspiracy, yeah. Send us your theories on what happened. Uh, this is officially an unsolved mystery, so it f- fits. <laughs>
1: I feel like I was kind of just being silly and ridiculous, obviously, about the Ex- whole except, the insurance except company. Except all of excrement. your theories were, like, pretty spot on. <laughs> um, because that guy was on the jury. That That's real fishy to me, mm-hmm. but it also, more than fishy, it just irks me because that's just That's just a sign of another failure or crack in our judicial system. Yes, this is true. Like, he should not have been even considered for it. Um, But he probably didn't
0: say, like, he he probably probably wouldn't admit to someone, oh, I told this guy his house was going to burn down because he doesn't like Mussolini.
1: Yeah. Or and because he didn't want to buy insurance. Or
0: because he, yeah.
1: I mean, that's just, I mean, I think that's more likely a case of, having very bad luck saying something yeah. you know like just run in your mouth and then oh no actually yeah. happened oh crap they're gonna think I had something to do with this yep. yeah so yeah no I'm I,
0: that's why we record every incriminating thing we say <laughs> like yeah. the thing about the insurance fraud that we're not gonna commit mm-hmm. god I hope no one important listens to this podcast <sighs> that's not true. I want everyone important to listen to it. Someone pay
1: us, please. Uh, <laughs> Help us, we're both. Help us, we're more. Oh. All right. Well, I think that's all I got on that's that one. That's it. The other weird thing mm-hmm. is that from kind of the very beginning, mm-hmm. it's, this sounded very familiar to me. Ooh. Whether I've heard this story before mm-hmm. Or I've heard a similar story of or whether children being, um, not being but like vanishing uh-huh. and presumed dead without mm-hmm. any actual evidence of mm-hmm. it, and then you know reports of them out in the world. You know, what
0: if you were like Lewis Sauter in a previous life? That's why it sounds familiar. Then good for me. I'd be hot. I know. That's why I picked him. I was gonna say Martha. I mean, Martha's cute. Yeah. Honestly, we're not talking enough about Uh, little Jenny, because she's uh, also real cute.
1: No, I think she's going to be the uh, outlier of the bunch. Little Jenny? Yeah. Oh. I think little Betty has the... She's got the... Little Betty is pouting in that picture. She's a total Betty.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I was trying to be nice and compliment you and call you the cutest of the children. And that's why Mm. you remember...
1: I'm gonna think of who. No, I, th- I think it's more so that it's possible. I've heard this one, but I think I've just heard several stories that are similar to this case, just in that children are missing, yes, presumed dead, mm-hmm. no evidence. There's a lot of. I listened to a, a lot of things that don't add up. The uh,
0: crime junkie this mm-hmm. week was about a missing child, yep. presumed dead. Uh, I heard first heard the story on, and that's And what then of drink. Course,
1: people contacting the mother on Facebook like years later, oh, claiming gosh. to be the long ones. Hate people that do that. I know exploiting people's a, guilt. Uh, a
0: recent, I don't know. I listened to a recent podcast. Also, if you notice in the billboard and later versions, they add that picture of older Lewis hmm. um, as like a. Also, if you've seen this person. <laughs> wow. Well.
1: Yeah, I'll have to actually, like, read all of the yeah. stuff that's on
0: there. I wonder... I would be interested to see if anyone did, like, an age progression on the kids.
1: Ooh, that would be cool. I know. I mean... I'm sure the Smithsonian still has those bone fragments, too. I wonder if there's any salvageable DNA. I doubt it, but... Field trip. I mean, we've made leaps and bounds that maybe... This is the true. current specialist, she could tell us something better she
0: about She could tell us something.
1: We need to call bones... Yes, call
0: uh, the Dr. Deschanel girl. Dr. Brennan. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel's sister. What's her name? Emily. Emily. Okay. Um, their mom was in The Right Stuff. Did you know?
1: I did not. Yep.
0: She Probably. plays Annie Glenn. And John Glenn is pay- played by Ed Harris, who is in Apollo 13, with Tom Hanks. Back to the
1: beginning. space nerds. All of y'all.
0: Listen, I'm just trying to play six degrees to Hamilton, I guess.
1: Well, like Hannah said, send us your theories. And remember, yes. it's not too late to investigate. <laughs> That's a good motto for life. Um, Yeah. I don't, See y'all next week.
0: It's a Friday evening. So, yeah. Everyone have a good week. Bye.